You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast, broadcasting recorded from the Vivid Seat Studio. I am your host, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So pretty excited to be partnered now with Vivid Seats. If you're planning on going to a Packer game anytime soon, you can use promo code OVERTIME, and you get to save up to 100 bucks on uh, tickets. First-time customers only. But uh, I do apologize for not getting the podcast out yesterday. I was very close to being finished, um, but yesterday was my son's birthday, so I was hoping I can just finish it off and shoot it out. But uh, I don't like re- releasing it super late. You know, if it's getting to be 5, 6 o'clock, it's kind of like, what's the point? So I figured I would just wait. Made me feel kind of sick, but, you know, it is what it is. So essentially, I'm releasing this a day late. There hasn't been any uh, massive news of any kind, so we'll just leave it as it is, and that'll be about that. But uh, here's yesterday's podcast for you. So um, I didn't stay up, so I've been trying to figure out what in the world is going on um so luck retired so that that's a thing and it was weird because i'm trying to figure out how in the world like i mean i I was watching the game and i don't remember them talking about him retiring and then i saw videos of people booing him and then i saw people with signs that said please say it isn't so and it's like how did the fans know and i didn't know apparently seemingly Adam Schefter leaked it, fans found out, flipped out, apparently had markers and, and, and I, whatever those things are called, big pieces of paperboard, pretty sure that's the term, and made signs, and then decided to boo him as he left the field before he even made it official. I would like to be able to say Adam Schefter probably should have let Andrew Luck handle it and not leak it, but the level of disgust for Colts fans for booing him kind of overshadows the whole Adam Schefter leaking this thing. Because I feel like Colts fans, given, you know, let's just say they had the night to sleep it off. Because obviously, I'm going to be pretty furious at this news myself. Maybe you kind of overreact in the moment. And it's one of those things, you wake up the next day, you see yourself on the news, you see Andrew Luck breaking down and how much this stinks for him, and you realize that you added to his misery by booing him. And it's like, eh, probably shouldn't have done that. So maybe... They had the day to sleep it off and didn't immediately run to Twitter and talk about his family. They could have got through this process without looking like a tool. So I could maybe blame Adam Schefter for that. Clearly, he's not getting booed walking off the field if there wasn't news being leaked that he's about to retire. Anyways, don't don't boo people when they you know retire because I mean it's one thing to retire because hey I don't like being told what to do. Forget it, I'm leaving. It's another thing when your body physically breaks down and you've been trying every single year to play and your body just continually breaks down. And as we heard in the press conference, his his life, literally his life for about four years has been constant, unceasing pain. Even in the offseason, he is in agonizing pain every single year. At 29 years old, do you know if he plays until he's 35 how bad his body's going to be broken? And so he's in pain again. And apparently he told himself if he ever gets to this point, he's going to have to cash it in. He cashed it in. 
This is coming at a significant financial cost. I don't know necessarily what it means for his current contract. I'm sure there's a good amount of guarantees. I don't know if there's anything about retiring or quitting or anything like that. But even so, if he follows the normal trajectory, he's still got another massive contract in him. So, I don't know. I, I, I really feel bad for Andrew Luck. Not necessarily for Colts fans, maybe a little bit. I know it was just a small amount booing. I saw other camera angles of people like saying, what are you guys doing? Are you guys out of your mind? Why are you doing this? So I don't have a problem with Colts fans as a whole. However, the Colts are a very good team and are another one of those teams that are pushing for the Super Bowl. I mean, legitimately. And every Super Bowl caliber team that takes a step back, you know, if we just kind of forget about the circumstances, it's a good thing. Colts are not as good anymore doesn't necessarily mean they're horrible we'll see what Jacoby Brissett can do they obviously knew that they needed to not get rid of the guy great move on their part but I think Jacoby is good enough that when you see him in preseason he's he's kind of on that bubble right if he's playing second stringers in preseason he's going to annihilate all of them because he is kind of starter caliber but I think he's very low end starter caliber but we'll we'll see how it is and he's got a great supporting cast they got some new wide receivers to couple with T.Y. Hilton. They've got this new revamped defense, a better offensive line. He's coming into a great situation, which unfortunately Andrew Luck has never had in his entire life, minus last year for the first year ever he had an offensive line, but it was a little bit too late. So again, I, I really feel bad for Andrew Luck because I, I don't see how they don't win a Super Bowl in the next few years. I think Andrew Luck was actually surprisingly underrated. He belonged in the conversation with the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but was never put there. Not saying Pat Mahomes, but I mean, come on. He's on the Andrew Luck tier. I'm sorry. (laughs) Clearly, he's on the Russell Wilson tier. The guy's really good. He's just been hurt all the time. So I don't know. I know it's not Packers news, but it's very, very significant news. And it means that uh, although it is the AFC, and in a sense it's bad because this is a team that is now probably not very capable of beating the Patriots as they once were, which is weird that that's a goal, but it feels like that needs to be a thing. We need as many people to beat up the Patriots as possible. Um, I I just see it as a collection of teams trying to win a Super Bowl, and there's a lot of them that are capable and a lot of them that are not capable, and the Colts are now flirting with not capable. They're still capable, but they they went from one of the best teams in the NFL to, meh. I'd maybe, maybe put them up, I don't know. What would you compare them to now? They went from being just below the Saints to just above the Jaguars. (laughs) Something like that. Kind of like the Broncos-ish. Good defense. That one good wide receiver. Capable enough offensive line. We'll stick with that because this all doesn't matter and I'm talking about nonsense. Sometimes I just like to talk about football, alright? Leave me alone. You want Packers content, go back over the last 515 episodes. There's plenty. Give me a break. I think the story here is if somebody retires due to injury, no booing. Please no booing. I know he booed far, but that was very different. Very, very, very different. We booed him while he was in a Vikings uniform. After he retired, unretired, retired, unretired, said he's not doing training camp anymore, I don't need to practice, I don't care, literally waiting up to training camp to see if he's even going to play because he decided, I don't know, I need to think about it. So we don't even know, as Packer fans, who our quarterback is going to be because Mr. Prima Donna doesn't want to talk about it right now. I got to think about it. So we don't know who to plan for. We don't know who we're watching. We don't, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know if he's going to be the quarterback. I didn't even know anything about Aaron Rodgers other than, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's pretty good, but I mean, I don't, well, what do we know about it? But still, Brett Favre is the man of all men. Aaron Rodgers is some backup. Even at that point, I'm thinking, come on, man. You can't do this to Rodgers. You can't do this to the team and to the fit. Why are you doing this? 
So then he retire, retires again. Packers are like, are you sure? You're 100% sure? They flew to his house. You sure, man? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm good. He's like, all right, cool. Go back home, Rogers. You're the guy. Favre calls up. Hey, uh, I want to come back. No. No. Fine, I'm going to play for the Jets. Okay, hey, cool, dude. Nobody cares. He's not good. That makes him angry. So he's like, fine, I'm going to play for the Vikings. Yeah, you know what? You're getting booed at that point. There comes a line where you get booed. And we've reconciled, and that's cool, and I love Favre, and we're back together, we're a big happy family and all that stuff, but you needed to get booed. That had to happen. You absolutely deserved that. That that moment in time where all these fans that loved and adored you instantaneously hated you. You went out and earned that one, bud. Andrew Luck? Nah, doesn't earn, didn't, didn't earn that, doesn't deserve that. Anyways, today we are going to be looking at some questions and comments and things uh, from the Facebook group, as well as if there's anything sitting there as far as voicemails or text message, any of that stuff. I haven't looked yet, but we'll take it as it comes. But allow me to use this time to remind you about the biggest NFL season-long tournament of all time. So for any fantasy football fans who are out there wanting to uh, make a million bucks or something, I don't know, what it's up to you, I guess, then you should check out this whole best ball tournament thing. The one where you drop in on a draft, no management. No trades, no waiver wires, don't even have to set your lineup. That whole shebang. Just set it and forget it, man, like the little microwave oven thing. Just put it in, push a random button, boom, chicken's ready. Except this chicken's a million dollars, son. And for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you got to use promo code Packernet. That's a free shot at a million bucks just by using promo code Packernet when you make your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code Packernet. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So I really don't want to go back to Andrew Luck, but as I'm sitting here looking through some stuff, I just want to read this real quick. Because I know there are some people out there, there's two lines of thoughts. Number one, their season is over, they have the right, which has nothing to do with Andrew Locke. And no. And two, they paid a lot of money, they have the right. No. I mean, the whole you have the right thing is dumb. I mean, you have the right to sit behind a seven-year-old, you know, who's at his first game with his dad and just whisper into his ear, you stink, you stink, you stink through four quarters. But you probably shouldn't. You paid a lot of money. Maybe you're having a bad day. Technically, you have the right, but you probably shouldn't. I mean, you could just sit there and say your dad hates you, nobody loves you. You got a lot of rights. You're not going to prison for that. That's not. That's kind of not what we're talking about, is it? It's, 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 we're talking about being a decent human being and not being a piece of garbage. I mean, you have the you do have the right to be a piece of garbage. That's true. I'm just telling you not to. That's all. Anyways, let me read this from uh, Zach Kiefer. Physical toll on Andrew Luck through six NFL seasons. Torn cartilage in two ribs. Partially torn abdomen. A lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood. At least one concussion. A torn labrum in his throwing shoulder. And this mysterious calf ankle issue that led to this. Come on now. Let the man walk away in peace, please. Anyways, the only other question I would have is do they have a shot at Trevor Lawrence? Because that would be insane to watch this team get Peyton Manning. To, to basically dip, to have their franchise fall apart at some of the most historic times. Peyton Manning, one of the greatest prospects, right? Colts end up picking number one overall and end up getting Peyton Manning. He's obviously phenomenal. One of the best quarterbacks to, to, one of the best quarterback prospects to be evaluated since Peyton Manning was Andrew Luck. 
Colts end up picking number one overall and get Andrew Luck. And now Trevor Lawrence, essentially what people are saying is, I haven't seen a quarterback this good since Andrew Luck. And guess who doesn't have a quarterback and is probably not going to be a very good team? The Colts. If they end up getting the number one overall pick again, this is, this is in, I don't know, statistically just basically impossible. All right, I'm done now. All right, so I'll start with a uh, question from Integrity Construction. He says, I know they play completely different positions, but do you think there's a chance you can keep Alan Lazard as an extra wide receiver and have him take Jimmy Graham's place as a big body target in the end zone? So essentially keeping seven to eight wide receivers by releasing Jimmy Graham to free up that cap space. So I know you didn't say specifically, let's convert him to a tight end. In fact, you said to keep him as a wide receiver, but just kind of use him as the red zone guy. The biggest problem I have is if you cut Jimmy Graham, you got to find a tight end. Right? I mean, you, you still need a tight end, even if you've got a guy like Lazard who's handling the red zone. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I, just, I guess what I'm thinking is it just doesn't work that way. You need X amount of guys to be tight ends. And if you think we've got enough, that's cool. But I don't think that necessarily opens up a spot for wide receiver because there's so many, only so many guys we need for wide receiver. And if you wanted Lazard to be somebody to replace... Jimmy Graham. In other words, using that logic, that's fine, but we're not going to open up another roster spot for it. It would end up meaning essentially keeping Alan Lazard over a guy like Darius Shepard, for example. And the reason being, we're moving on from Jimmy Graham and we need a big body target in the in the red zone. And apparently we don't think we have that in, you know, I don't know, I, whoever else. I don't want to say Devante because whatever. But that would be my thought on that. In other words, first we decide we're not going to keep Jimmy Graham and then we look at the deficiencies and say he would have been a really good red zone target. So why don't we, instead of keeping Shepard, who we wanted, we'll keep Lazard and maybe use him in the red zone, although they probably wouldn't, unless he was just really, really good at it, and that, in which case you just put him on specifically for that reason. But that that's sort of where what I would think, unless we're talking about converting him to tight end, in which case the, the biggest question is can he block, right? Because a, a a tight end in today's game is a receiver that's really good at blocking. I don't mean really good at blocking as compared to tackles. I mean that as compared to wide receivers. And even as bad as Jimmy Graham is, the reason he's not just a wide receiver is because if you, first of all, he's a much better blocker than wide receivers. And second of all, if you move him out wide, suddenly he doesn't compare to anybody, right? What is he as a wide receiver? He's really slow and lumbering and just kind of tall. And, and tall guys don't, you, you see what I'm saying? Blocking is the difference, right? There's, there's a big question about what, why, why don't just tall receivers play tight end or vice versa. Like if they're so talented at receiving, why don't you just make them a wide receiver? Because it's a different position. Wide receivers can't be tight ends because tight ends need to block. Tight ends can't be wide receivers because they're really super athletic, great wide receivers up against linebackers, maybe not so much against corners. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is pretty rare. And I did say Last week, Alan Lazard was our best run blocker on the team, but he's run blocking corners, so I, I, I don't see that as being a situation that's going to play out, even if we just keep it at the most simplistic of let's keep Lazard over Shepard in the event that we cut Jimmy Graham. Even that, I don't think they would they would think it through to that extent. I think it's still just we're going to keep this many wide receivers and we're going to keep the best ones. So Eric says, and this is in reference to a podcast I did probably about a week ago, Actually, it says Wednesday, but whatever. My point, when I was going through, oh yeah, it was when I was doing the 53s, and I was basing it on how many corners we kept last year, and I said Tremont was sort of the odd man out. And uh, 
Eric says Tremont will be starting versus the Bears, even if only in the slot. And I, I you know, I, I don't disagree because I think Tremont is our best corner. I'm just trying to figure out definitively if we only keep this many corners, who's in, who's out. You know, and if, if we're keeping, I mean, you, you got to understand, I know it sounds simple to just say, of course, we're keeping Tremont. He's awesome. But that would imply very possibly that we're cutting Tony Brown because he's not practice squad eligible. So when you have Kevin King, Jair, Josh Jackson, Tremont, Kadar Holman, who we just drafted, Tony Brown, and you can only keep, what what was it, like five or six? You're not cutting Kadar. We just drafted him. We're not cutting Jair. We're not cutting Josh Jackson. We're probably not cutting Kevin King because the Packers really like him. If we have one more spot, is it going to be um, Tony Brown or Tremont Williams? So, again, it's, it is easy to say in that situation but I think it becomes a little bit harder. And I, I think Tremont is better than Tony Brown, but Tremont is, what, 36, 37? It's not that easy of a decision to make. And I especially want Tremont because I, I more than any Packer fan I know, I'm very low on the corner group. And I think Tremont is probably our second-best corner, even at his age. But uh, anyways, in, in other words, I agree that he will be there, and I agree he's incredibly talented. I, I, just for that exercise, it was very, very difficult. In other words, I, I tend to think we're going to have more corners than last year just because I don't know how you cut any of these guys. So uh, next question, just wondering if you feel increasingly frustrated as I do with the injuries around the NFL. I'm not talking about serious injuries, just the guys sidelined by a hangnail. When you look around the league, every team has a pretty long list already, and there hasn't even been real football yet. Jonathan from Long Lake, Wisconsin. Um... It's it's hard to say because it's hard to know specifically what you're talking about. So there are you're saying you're not talking about serious injuries. So we're not talking about the increase in you know serious stuff, ACLs, all that. So so here here's the problem. I'm trying to think in the context of the Packers, for example, Aaron Jones being sidelined or whatever. And the reason I'm not necessarily frustrated with that is because he's not hurt. It's a precautionary thing. So so people essentially you got people that are a little bit dinged up and they're being sidelined for precautionary reasons, whether they are hurt or it's just strictly precautionary. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I exactly, like, are you t- does a hamstring count? Are we talking about, like, the increase in hamstring injuries, which I'm not entirely sure is true. It probably is. I guess I don't know what you mean by hangnail. And I, you know, it, I, I don't know the severity of things. Like, can we look at Kevin King and say maybe you should just man up and play? I don't think so. I don't know. From the way the coaches frame it, it sounds like he's playing through injuries that some people wouldn't. I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like I failed your question, but maybe shoot me another question with a little more clarity on what exactly you mean by that kyler says ryan how can i persuade you to do a podcast on the wyoming cowboys jeez man i tell you what if i ever get to the point and it's you're gonna have to hang in there because i'm, I'm on like a 15 year plan right now to quit my job and do the podcast full time but if you want to expedite that and help uh, spread the word on the podcast i'll see what i can do I'm, I'm planning on ramping things up i'm not sure how high on the list the wyoming cowboys are but uh, if you want to remind me when we start doing more draft stuff, I'll try to I'll try to throw you a bone with with some of the guys. Who do you guys even have right now? Yeah, I don't I don't recognize any of these names as I'm looking at them. I'm sure I got a few on my my giant list of you know I've got a list of about four or five hundred prospects. I'm sure somebody on Wyoming is there, but I got nothing on NFL Big Board. We'll talk, man. Next up, we got Jim from Florida again. Jim had a couple of thoughts, and the first one kind of got. Uh, Got me thinking about that last question that I didn't answer very, very well. But his, his point was, first of all, there's an inconsistency between saying that preseason games are necessary, but they're not necessary for Aaron Rodgers. In other words, when you have coaches at the podium saying it's important we get these guys reps and getting them up to speed with the, the speed of the game and all this kind of stuff, it's hard 
to then sell the idea that Aaron Rodgers doesn't need any of that. And he went on to say, you know, if, if Rodgers does need any help in that regard, we're much better off with him trying to do that in Canada than, um, than against Chicago in week one. And I think it's true, and it, it, it is a tough balance. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to take the bubble wrap off at some point. The question is, when do you want to do it? And this, this whole new scheme on top of everything else, it, it, it is going to take time. You know, every, everything is going to take some some time learning, and that includes Aaron Rodgers as far as getting the calls, getting the reads. Um, he's even made comments, even in practice, about still trying to gauge um, Marquez's speed. Right, they're not quite in sync because he doesn't quite have his speed dialed in yet. So there's no question he needs he needs live reps. So I mean, it is what it is at this point. Um, but there's no question if we end up losing to the Chicago Bears and it's kind of down to the wire and things look a little bit sloppy. You know, it, it's a team that needs more practice. That's it. Now, you can certainly flip it the other way and say, you know, well, how good is the team going to be week one with increased injuries, especially if one of those injuries is Aaron Rodgers. But again, you got to take the bubble wrap off at some point, man. But anyways, this, this kind of got me thinking about um, the previous question about my thoughts on the increased injuries. You know, and, and having not really been a big football person as far as a player, I played one year in middle school. But there's no question the people that you talk to talk about getting into game shape, which essentially means you need to get hit to get used to getting hit. Your body has to get used to that kind of abuse and, and sort of harden up. There's been a lot of people and a lot of talk, and we we know this, right? We we know definitively that this more protective helmet is actually hurting people's health. It, it's another case in a long line of cases in which we try we see a problem, we try to fix it, we make it worse. But the thing is, you can't undo it. Right, because then it's then it's just crazy. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We can't do that. We can't make a less safe helmet. We need to make a more safe helmet so that people can't feel because essentially what happens is they they don't feel any pain, right? You take a two by four and smack yourself in the head with this helmet on, you won't even feel it. So what happens is these guys goes out go out there and use their head as a weapon. Nobody that isn't wearing a helmet is gonna use their head as a weapon, which is why there are actually football leagues out there. One started up three years ago or so, that is no pads, no helmet. Not one of these guys uses their head as a weapon. Not one of these guys ends up snapping their neck or getting concussions because of a, a, a blow to the head. When you don't have a helmet on and you're running at full speed at somebody who's running full speed at you, the first thing you're thinking next to making this tackle is, I need to protect my face. Likewise with the rules. Well, this was abhorrent. We need to fix that while well, we made it worse. Not necessarily that we're going to get calls more wrong, but you make the quality of the game much worse. And it's to, to the point where everybody thinks that's what they want. We, we want to make sure that those kinds of calls never happen. Well, the problem is you fix that one play, but you cause 990,000 other bad calls to stop that one. Or even calls that are technically correct, but it's like, come on, man. Are you see Who cares? Nobody cares. And so I do think a portion of these injuries has to do with guys that aren't ready to play going out and playing. And to your point, this isn't the big injuries. I think the big injuries has more to do with pushing the human body to things that it's never been able to do before. We've got 300-pound people running a lot faster than they should be able to. It's just at some point, there are parts of the body that no matter how big and how fast you are, this part isn't getting bigger and stronger. Just a lot more strain in that regard. But I think if we're talking about just the edges, just the fringes, just sort of more of the minor injuries that maybe shouldn't have happened, I think taking away a lot of that... Um, a lot of the banging around, right? The two-a-days, the Oklahoma drill, yeah, that's going to increase the, the major injuries, but it's going to probably lower the minor injuries. By the time you get in and play week one, you're ready for it. You've been beaten and battered and bloodied, and your body is hardened and ready. But guys aren't ready. And then it, it, it's a pretty good parallel to uh, how kids are treated these days. You treat them like kids all the way up until they're adults, 
and then you just let them go. And you're like, all right, go be an adult. It's like, well, how do you do that? It's like, I don't know. You're uh, you're 25 now. You should know how to do that, right? No. <laughs> it doesn't just come to me through osmosis. Somebody needed to have teach taught me this. Parents didn't teach me. The teachers certainly didn't teach me. Government didn't teach me. The president, the neighbor. So how am I supposed to be ready for this? Likewise, we're trying to get these football players' bodies to just magically be ready for football. Because we're super cautious. We don't want you to grow up. We don't want you to be, you know, getting hurt or anything. Well, what happens week one? You got people doing nothing but trying to hurt you for an hour. Whatever. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. This is just the way it's going. This is the way everybody wants it. We want to be safer. We want to make all the rules perfect. We want everything to be just perfect. And we're going to ruin the game in the process. So it is what it is. But those are essentially my thoughts. I agree with you, Jim. And um, as far as why are there more minor type injuries, that would be my thought. Because they're not ready. Their bodies aren't ready. I mean, how many times has Aaron Rodgers been hit so far this year? Like zero? When was the last time Aaron Rodgers' body took a blow? December? What's going to happen come week one? He's going to get hit a lot. Now, you know, taking blows isn't going to prevent his collarbone from getting snapped if he lands on his shoulder. It's not going to prevent his knee injury or any of that stuff, which is why I say he's not injury prone, because it's not the minor stuff. He gets the major stuff that everybody's going to get hurt by. But it does cause concern, because it's not just that that he gets hurt by, right? How many times have we seen him limping around? He's got this. I mean, he plays through those minor injuries, but it's not a good thing. Let's try to prevent some of those. Prevent some of these injuries by injuring him. I mean, what is a vaccination? A vaccination is giving you a virus, um, but in a controlled way. Let's give him a beating in a controlled setting. That's all I'm saying. You ever seen those martial artists kicking trees? You know what happens if I kick a tree as hard as they kick a tree? It's going to snap my shin in half, and I'm probably just going to pass out, throw up, and die. Got to condition the body, man. But they're not allowed to do that anymore. So, anyways, that's it for the text messages and uh, voicemails. So we'll move over to Facebook, but let's take a break before we do such a thing. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So I actually forgot to uh, address the second part of Jim's question, and that was essentially what's going on with Josh Jones. Well, um, as I see coming across the Twitter scopes here, that uh, Josh Jones is being cut. So essentially what my thought on it was going to be to you, Jim, prior to um, seeing this, is that they're, you know, you're right to assume the injury stuff is a little foofy. Your words, not mine. I'm kidding. Those are definitely my words. But it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it, my thought was they're, they're working the phones. They're trying to get him traded. And apparently they, they were in exact same situation with Mike Daniels. They could not get rid of him. Now, again, I don't want to jump out and say that 
Gutekunst is incapable of, of getting trades. He's done that, and I think he's gotten more value out of guys like HaHa ha and uh, and um, the quarterback. Come on. Brett Hundley, than a lot of people thought. But um, I, I guess the situation very likely was, you know, for Mike Daniels, people didn't want to necessarily pay that hefty of a contract and give the Packers compensation. And um, with Josh Jones, it's just it's a done deal that, Everybody knew he was getting cut. Now, the issue is, you, even if the Packers know that everybody knows, you can still try to get a trade because, again, if you're a team that wants Josh Jones and you wait for him to get cut, what are the odds you're going to be the one that actually gets him? You could probably get him for cheaper by offering a trade than getting into a you know a battle with people and having to increase salary or whatever the case may be. But it is unfortunate. We lost a, a good amount of value and it's unfortunate we couldn't recoup any of it. But I guess it, it, in a way it kind of shows what kind of value we had. right? You can only trade if you've got excess value. If you're overpaying for someone, you can't trade them. And if Josh Jones was as valuable as some people tend to think, and it, it you, know, you look at it and say, well, why didn't Josh Jones play? He's obviously this or that good. Okay, then he's tradable. But the Packers couldn't trade him. And it's not just all on Brian Gutekunst and these guys making the trades. Um, you, you're going to have people calling the Packers saying, hey, what do you want for him? Apparently that wasn't happening in, in, in the same situation with Mike Daniels. Again, if he's got excess value, if, if he's more valuable above and beyond his contract, we, we, we get a trade. So if nothing else, it, it hints to the fact that um, that it was right to move on because they were not worth the, the value that we were giving them. And, and for Josh Jones, it wasn't very much. So that, that stinks. I was hoping we could recoup something for him, but I guess not. That also means if we do end up trading for a running back, that it's going to be either another player, which isn't great, or it's all going to be in the form of uh, draft capital, which means it's going to be even more expensive, which isn't good. Especially a year prior to next year when, you know, the, the there's going to be a decent amount of, of running backs. So you don't want to put too much into it because, you know, you're going to have a shot at, at somebody next year. Um, I want to turn to the uh, Facebook group here. Richard made a comment, and essentially it's something that I've been thinking about, so I want to Uh, explore it. So Richard said, I hear some don't think another preseason game is necessary. However, there have been a lot of instances where players blow up and you think you have something only to find out when regular season starts, they disappear. In short, there are a lot of unanswered questions. For example, Trevor Davis needs to have another monster game or at least a good one. I'm not sold on a few players that have done, uh, that have had good showings. There is sort of a, uh, I want to say paradox, but I'm not entirely sure I'm using that properly, but I'll just say paradox. Between on one hand saying you can't really judge a player based on the preseason, but at the same time, what else are you judging a guy based on? That's always been kind of weird to me because it kind of seems like there have been a lot of times where people have done really well in the preseason and, you know, especially back in the Mike McCarthy era, they didn't make the team. It was almost kind of a, a thing that you just knew was going to happen. You'd see somebody, especially if they were a low, lower-level person, alarm, be quiet, hey, 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 there you go. You know, you get an undrafted free agent playing real well, just tearing it up, you know, playing better than all the starters, and they didn't make the team. And then essentially the thought process behind it was, you know, they looked good, but there was a lot of stuff they just don't know. They don't know what they're doing out there. It looked good because it's just it's just kind of silliness. We're doing simplistic stuff, but we if we actually dialed up a real defense or a real offense, this guy would just get left in the dust. But then, at, and it, I don't know, at the same time, you get a guy like Kumaro that no matter what you ask him to do, he succeeds. 
So presumably coaches are doing what they need to do to make sure they can at least see, is this for real or is this just a guy that's dominant in preseason? But from our standpoint, we don't necessarily know that information. We don't have a ton else to go on. So it's always kind of tricky to, um, to on one hand say, well, you know, yeah, Trevor Davis looks good, but that, you know, it's preseason. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate. I mean, there have been several people that have come through Green Bay, some of whom are still on the roster, that are just dominant in the preseason, that just aren't that great of football players. How do we know Trevor Davis isn't another one? And I kind of think the answer is we don't. I just hope the Packers coaches know. Right? I hope that they're doing what they need to do to understand, you know, when we ask him to do X, Y, and Z, he's great. When we're running this kind of an offense against this kind of a defense, he's great. When we're doing this, however... It's not quite the same story. I remember what I was saying earlier about Pro Bowl level complexity on defense is what other teams are running. So even when you're in preseason up against different teams, they're running the most basic defenses that are available. So I'm not really addressing Richard's <laughs> comment so much, but I, I guess in a sense it does make sense or, or, or can make sense. I don't know necessarily where they stand with Trevor Davis. But that is something the coaches have to flesh out. Right? Shepard looks looks solid, right? Does he have any capability of being a wide receiver in the regular season against defenses that are actually trying? None of us, me or anybody listening, has that information. But the Packers coaches may need to figure that stuff out. And, and that may be why when we looked at PFF, you see certain guys getting a real high level of snaps. That's probably what that is. When you got lower level guys... Uh, you know, roster bubble guys getting 50, 60 snaps in the preseason. That's probably a, ta- a team saying there seems to be something here. Let's throw as much at him as possible and see if he can stand on his own two feet because I don't want to bring this guy on and cut somebody else that when they get in the regular season, they are just completely lost. All right, folks, I think I'm going to leave it there. Um, this is Monday, Ryan talking again, but, um, Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about some of the guys that we picked up. Um, Some other things I'd like to discuss in the upcoming days, obviously a preview of the Chiefs game, any other news that pops up. But I also would like to revisit some of these other teams. I know we've done it several times, but just kind of go back through and look at some of the teams we're going to be playing this year, any additional news. There's been a lot going on with Dallas and the Ezekiel debacle. Uh, The Lions have had a pretty big spate of injuries um, the Raiders obviously have been the center of attention. Uh, the Chiefs we're going to be playing in the regular season, so something to keep an eye on is uh, this upcoming game. Because who knows, at that point in time, we may be playing some of these guys over again. Also, injuries are something to keep an eye on, although I doubt any starters are playing. I know the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo have not been great. Uh, the Giants quarterback situation is something to keep an eye on. The Redskins have named a quarterback, so that's something to keep an eye on. So that, that's something I'd like to get done in the very near future as well. But otherwise, you folks enjoy your Monday. Back to work, back to school, back at it. I know school hasn't started, but whatever. Anyways, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.